Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou. Tonight I'm here with... Nashika Caesar. And coming up over the next 90 minutes. We reiterate our initial statement that the pension scheme for Ghanaian university, public university workers should not be touched. Is the government of Ghana trying to reintroduce the pension funds on the government's domestic debt exchange program? UTAC, that's the University Teachers Association of Ghana, is already fighting over that issue. Also coming up, Electricity Company of Ghana, ECG, cuts power to the Accra Technical University and the Accra Digital Center as part of revenue mobilization measures. Meanwhile, Eto Tigo was saved after it quickly mobilized funds and paid to the power distributor. And later on Eyewitness News, we go to the Ghana Senior High School in Tamale, where the GES has begun investigations into the report that students have been sleeping in a washroom that has been turned into a dormitory. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business... Government is being urged to adhere strictly to strong fiscal policies as it prepares for elections next year to avoid overspending. That's in 15 minutes from the business desk of CTFM and City TV. Eyewitness News is live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations, including on Savannah Radio's Savannah Region's Kasha 99.5 FM in Damongo. We are in Volta Region on Sela Radio 97.1 FM in Dabala. Holy 98.5 FM in Aflau. In Ashanti Region on Focus 94.3 FM on the campus of KNUST in Kumasi. We are on Orange 107.9 FM in Kumasi. We are also in the Western Region on Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi. Sky Power 93.5 FM in Takradi as well. In the northeast region, we are on Nobia FM 98.1 in Nalirigu. In northern region, on North Star Radio 92.1 FM in Tamale. Rikas 92.1 FM in Bongo Namo is bringing you this broadcast in the upper east region. In the upper west region, we are on Tumpani Radio 88.5 FM in Nadoli. And Jirapa 96.1 FM in Jirapa. Let us know what you make of the stories we are bringing you. WhatsApp 0549 0549-986-996. We are live across the world on YouTube. We are on Facebook and we are on citynewsroom.com. My name is Umaru Sandamadu here with Nashika Caesar. And uh, we take off from the uh, labor front. And uh, we are told that there is a plan by the government, the government to reintroduce the uh, DDE on... Uh, pension funds. Uh, this was mooted by the finance minister Ken Oforiata last week and I'll be playing that soundbite for you shortly. Uh, a letter has been written to the uh, various institutions asking them, and I refer to associations rather, asking them to accept the proposal by government. Recall that the issue of the pension funds has been a vexed one. 
even before the DDE could uh, take uh, off, a, cons a group of uh, organized labor had insisted that the pension funds should not be touched, primarily the teacher unions. They insisted that if the government introduced the uh, DDE on pension funds, uh, they were not going to work. They were going to lay down their tools. The government was forced to do a U-turn, and uh, that DDE program failed, at least on the pension funds. And that actually opened the floodgate for several other groupings to join the campaign against the government's domestic debt exchange program. Tonight, we are hearing uh, that there is a plan to reintroduce that. And uh, we've seen a statement from UTAC, the University Teachers Association of Ghana, uh, which is furious and insisting that it stands by what it has always said. Let me read for you the statement issued on 17th April and by UTAG. And it says that we have seen the invitation by the Ministry of Finance addressed to the Board of Trustees of Pension Funds dated 7th April 2023 with a caption request for participation in the new GOG proposed alternative offer for pension funds. The NEC of UTAG held an emergency meeting on 15th April 2023 and upon careful deliberations resolved to reject the new GOG proposed alternative offer to pension funds. UTAG reiterates its earlier resolve on the domestic debt exchange program contained in a communique with reference which has been quoted here and dated 7th December 2022 that we are still unable to participate in any intervention that would worsen the plight of the already impoverished Ghanaian University lecturer. We, therefore, write to unequivocally, unequivocally reject the request to use our pension funds, i.e. GUSSS, SNIT, and any other pension fund that affect our members for the new alternative proposed offer by government. We warn that governmental, governmental intransigence in this matter would not be countenanced as we are willing to fight to ensure that no one robs our members of their pension funds. So this statement is signed by uh, Professor Solomon Nunu, who is the national president of UTAC, and Dr. Asari Asantiano, who is national secretary of uh, UTAC. And we'll be going on the phone lines now to have a conversation with UTAC on uh, more on what it has been picking in this particular uh, issue. Let's speak to a deputy uh, the secretary rather, of the uh, union, uh, who I just uh, mentioned uh, to you, uh, who issued a statement jointly with his president, um, the president of the UTAC I'm referring to. So the national secretary is Dr. Asaria Santiano. Doc, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you very much and greetings to your business. So I've seen your uh, four-paragraph statement. I believe it does not encapsulate everything that has come up, but... Remind us again, we thought that this issue had been put to bed, this issue of your pension funds being um, subject to the government's domestic debt exchange program. What's happening? Yes, so uh, rightly so. Uh, we wrote on the 7th of December, and then that's on the part of UTAC, and then the labor unions also on the 22nd December agreed that the pension fund needs to be exempted. But uh, like uh, you also chanced on a document from the Ministry of Finance on the 7th of April, uh, you well are aware that we represent a group of lecturers. So 
our members called our attention and we needed to have uh, an emergency meeting. And uh, unanimously, our members agreed from the next meeting that we should reiterate our resolve that uh, whatever is being planned, our pensions cannot be part of it. And the reason is very simple. All over the world, pensions are what workers look forward to, especially when they retire. And so the same way that you can be broke, but you will not be allowed to assess your pension, uh, whatever the reason be, the pensions should not be touched. So that was the reason why we sent uh, this message. All right. There was an... There were a series of meetings last year when the DDA was uh, being introduced by the government. You succeeded in getting the finance minister to sign a joint communique with you, didn't you? In which communique uh, there was an assurance given to you that your pension funds were not going to be touched. Remind us again of how that negotiation went, what promises were made you, and explain to us how those promises that were made you would be compared to this current position of yours, or of, of, of the government? Okay, so UTAG, we are part of uh, TUC, we are part of Forum, and then GFL. So normally they also represented us, and then we were also there. But the same uh, issues that uh, keeps coming up was that, uh, you know, pensions are things that uh, you don't really touch it, because some need it, uh, for various reasons, and most importantly, once you retire, the money should be available. And we are all aware that our pension fund managers have been given, uh, you know, the right to manage the fund. And so it is not proper that uh, there is a whip or, I mean, they are directed to a certain direction that probably they will not consider viable. And so these are some of the uh, events that led to we signing the MOU with government that indeed he recognized that there's no need to touch the pensions. And so we are surprised that all of a sudden there is another request for participation in the government of Ghana uh, proposed alternative offer. And we found it prudent that we needed to also clarify our stance because mostly sometimes they say this is voluntary. So we needed to make it clear that this is the stand of UTAG and we have made issue this statement on behalf of our members. This new letter that was given to you, is it that a letter was sent to you and you were told to reconsider your position or being made to accept a new offer that government was putting forth, which again borders on your, your funds? Yes, so the new request uh, letter is dated 7th April and the uh, TUC was copied, and then Forum was also copied. And like I said, uh, we have also the public university teachers whose funds are also going to be affected. And so as a proactive measure, we needed to also quickly send the message out that UTAG is not interested in the new proposal from government. So, so you have not been written to formally? Uh, we are part of TUC and we are part of Forum and we are part of uh, GFL. And like I also reiterated, uh, our goals 
our members contribute to uh, pension. And so once the pensions are going to be touched, then definitely our members are also going to be affected okay. in one way or the other. Doc, just to put the issues in perspective, uh, could you please indulge me? Let's hear the finance minister make the statement in relation to the pension funds. He spoke last week in the in Washington, D.C., the capital of the U.S., where he's attending the IMF meetings. Let's hear the details of what he said, and I'll ask you if perhaps you are not jumping the gun. Um, really, um, no. There's just nothing like that. I, I think um, uh, maybe it was a misunderstanding. But um, if you look at it, in line with the 22nd December um, Memorandum of Understanding that we had, uh, that we signed with organized labor associations, uh, governments, pension funds um, were exempted, as you know. Um, and that has not changed. Uh, it's therefore really not correct to say that we are planning um, a second round of domestic debt exchange program um, with pension funds. Um, what we are doing um, is working uh, with them on how they can further help government um, um, to reduce um, the debt servicing and ensure that um, we maintain um, sort of the uh, debt um, sustainability, which was in the uh, in the MOU agreement, um, and so those discussions um, uh, are continuing. So, yeah. so we can state emphatically there isn't going to be any sort of domestic debt restructuring for the second phase, so that we can debunk the report that we are seeing. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of the DDEP, that's correct. You know that we still have um, cocoa bills um, to work with and the, uh, and the domestic um, dollar bonds um, that we are still working on, but I really um, debunk any sense that there's a second round of um, domestic debt exchange program going to happen. So that's Finance Minister Ken Oferata speaking in Washington, D.C. Uh, Doc, um, so you've heard him there. He's, he's been very emphatic. It's not correct that pension funds have been targeted. Uh, pension funds remain exempted as per the communique of 22nd December 2022. Uh, there have been discussions on how you can help, and he's referring to organized labor, help government uh, with the restructuring of the debt, but that discussion is continuing. So it may appear that as if uh, you are you are making a storm out of a teacup? Uh, no, not really. I mean, we've had uh, the finance minister talk about a lot of things. And again, we've seen even pensioners picketing at the ministries. So, I mean, we are all in Ghana and we know what's going on. And like I said in the beginning, when you represent a group of people, you just have to do what they require. Uh, we have pension fund managers, and they have been managing our funds for a very long time. And so if our members need us to voice out that the pension of the public university workers uh, in Ghana shouldn't be touched, I think we have done precisely so by re-emphasizing that we are not interested in the package or the new proposal. And so it's up to government to find uh, other means of addressing its challenges. 
so this is you forewarning the government essentially and reiterating also what our members uh, require from us to do very well uh we'll keep an eye on the situation thank you so much for speaking to us. but do you know if other unions have also had meetings in relation to this because the last time you went as a group of unions are you going to go as a group because it appears you are the only ones who are out now utah or you have indication that the others are going to join you soon yes uh, i eventually other unions are going to also come up with their own statement and yeah in, in the coming days i think uh, things will be much clearer thank you so much for speaking to us doc welcome that's the uh, National Secretary of the University Teachers Association of Ghana, UTAG, Dr. Asari Asante Ano, uh, speaking to us on the uh, proposal by the, um, the University Teachers Association of Ghana. Um, you've heard the, let's hear the Minister of Finance again, Ken Oforiata's uh, comment in, in D.C. over this issue. He, he says no, but the UTAG just wants to be sure. Let's listen. Um, Really, um, no. There's just nothing like that. I, I think um, uh, maybe it was a misunderstanding. But um, if you look at it, in line with the 22nd December um, Memorandum of Understanding that we had, uh, that we signed with organized labor associations, uh, governments, pension funds um, were exempted, as you know. Um, and that has not changed. Uh, it's therefore really not correct to say that we are planning um, a second round of domestic debt exchange program um, with pension funds. Um, what we are doing um, is we are with them on how they can further help government um, um, to reduce um, the debt servicing and ensure that um, we maintain um, sort of the uh, debt um, sustainability. That's Ken Ofriata, Minister of Finance. Let's hear from Thomas Musa, his General Secretary of the National Ghana National Association of Teachers, NAT. Uh, Mr. Musa, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Good evening, my brother in more Please, how are you and your, your family? My family, blessed. I'm doing well too. Thank you. How is your family and yourself? Uh, great, and also greetings to all the, your, your listeners. Thank you so much. UTAG is already you know, ringing or, or sounding the alarm bells, saying that government is planning to come through the back door for pension funds of members. The time UTAG went to the to fight the government, quote-unquote, on this DDEP issue, you were part as a collective organized labor group. Have you also gotten any indication that your pension funds will be touched like UTAG is fearing and what's your position? What are you doing? Well, thank you very much. Good evening to yourself and to all your listeners. Uh, I think two issues must be made clear here. Since this news broke out, we made reference to the fact that, one, that the MOU that we had with government still stands and nothing has changed, that pension funds will not be touched. And I think that must be placed on record. The second thing we are also aware is that when the Minister of Finance was interviewed, he himself indicated that there was nothing like that. And I think the media pushed him and he said well, there was um, like, nothing like that. But it was in connection with the 123 billion Ghana cities, which they were talking about second round of haircut or something like that. But he denied that uh, 
it, it has nothing to do with uh, pension funds and all that. So for us, we don't know of any backdoor. We don't know of any door. We don't know of any window. We are not aware of any of those things. Where what we are aware of is the agreement and MOU we have with government, and we stand by that. That is all. All right, so you have not had any indication, no letter formally written to you asking you to reconsider uh, the domestic debt exchange program, which may focus on your pension funds. I, I heard the Minister of Finance there say that there are discussions that have been had with organized labor on how you can continually support the government as it works at uh, reducing the debt levels. Has there been any formal conversation, any, any, or these are just informal conversations, or even informal conversations that you've had with government on the DDE since the last conversation you had? Okay, so, and I think this one also, two quick, two quick things must be placed on record. A distinction must be made between organized labor and individual schemes. So, for example, if a union leader was invited to go to the, uh, I mean, go and have any negotiation or discussion with uh, 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 with the committee. That union leader went there not in his capacity as uh, not in his capacity as organized in the capacity of organized labor, but rather went in the name of his or her scheme. And to the best of our knowledge, organized labor has not been. We have never had any. We've not had any engagement with government or with the team regarding any of those arrangements. Today, and also, I am a member of the that committee. We have never had any meeting with uh, the committee regarding uh, the haircut or new or second round of uh, uh, negotiation or something like that. There has not been that particular arrangement. That also must be placed on record. And like I have said earlier, the individuals that went to engage the committee when they're in the capacity of their schemes and not in the capacity or in the name of organized labor. So organized labor, all the committee members have indicated that they never went to such a meeting. But so, are you aware are you aware that any member of your organized labor may have gone there, albeit on the individual level? Well then that's what I am not aware. Like I have said, there are people in organized labor, and even some on the committee, they went, they might have gone to the committee not in the name of organized labor, but they went there in the name of their scheme. So once the person goes there in the name of the scheme, the person cannot go there and speak for organized labor because the agreement we have is between government and organized labor. So to that extent, no, no individual can go there and speak in the name of organized labor, without recourse to the very body that took the decision. We don't have any information like that, and there is nothing like that that any of us has gone to the place to do such a thing. And that is why I'm placing that on record. That to the best of my knowledge, and what we are aware of is that the various schemes were invited. So that one, if an, an individual who belongs to organized labor goes to that particular table to have any discussion with the committee, he did so uh, on authority of the scheme and not organized labor. Very well. Thank you so much for speaking to us. That's Thomas God Musa. Yes, yeah. he's General Secretary of the Ghana National Association of Teachers, uh, NAT. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. 
let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You're welcome back. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. Let's talk about the education sector now. The Free Senior High School and the challenges that are associated with SIM. The government continually insists that everything is going as well as it can. Lots of critics think otherwise. Over the weekend, news broke that students of Ghana's, the Ghana Senior High School in Tamale, had had to sleep in dormitories that were toilets or okay toilets or washrooms that were converted into dormitories that's where students were sleeping because of lack of space it became a controversial issue the ghana education service has since interdicted the headmaster of the school and the senior housemaster this morning that issue was a subject of discussion on the city breakfast show bernard Avles spoke to all the parties involved in the subject let's recap it for you so the journalist who broke this story works with rainbow radio he is the uh, uh, journalist in tamale his name is prince kwami tamaklo bernard put a few questions to him about the work he did in ganasco which has generated all the brouhaha listen henry started a project on the state of uh, uh, sanitation facilities in some selected senior high schools in the northern region um specifically their toilet facilities uh, in the northern region, where uh, earlier I got reports of uh, infections really among female students in some of the senior high schools, and they were attributing that to the bad state of their toilet facilities. So I selected three, uh, four schools, uh, Tamale Senior High School, Ghana Senior High School, uh, Ghana School, uh, Northern School of Business, Nobi School, and then Tamale Technical Institute, I mean the second cycle school of the Tamale Technical University. So uh, I started that. Uh, we actually gathered, I actually gathered a lot of uh, information on how bad the situation was. However, when we go to Ghana School, what made it uh, uh, peculiar is that uh, they had a new toilet that wasn't uh, uh, being used. I asked why they said uh, for the lack of water, they couldn't use that facility. Fine. The only toilet that they were using uh, mostly was one that both the community people in Kuku were using together with the students, which even the headmaster confirmed that I'll come there. Um, so there was serious opinification in the school there, a very serious one. So I was like, ah, how will you have toilets and then still be practicing opinification? There I visited some of the toilet facilities, especially at the Gabra uh, house. The Gabra house has the downstairs, uh, it, it has a toilet facility there that uh, people of uh, years back, uh, if I say years back, I cannot tell because the students we spoke to told me they met it when they came. And these are final year students. So I, I assume two or three years back um, were using. So they, uh, they came when the facility was not uh, being utilized. Therefore, uh, the place was converted or was turned into a dormitory for uh, students. 
uh, not knowing who did the conversion, then they had to speak to the headmaster. I'll come there too. The students, after taking the video or seeing the whole situation, then I ask uh, them, is it a practice of, oh, maybe you just wanted to have uh, to spend a day there or uh, want to spend maybe your night over there just once? And they said, no, they have been sleeping here. For what reason they mentioned that uh, for lack of space at the dormitories? Um, the videos or the, the, the video that came out first showing the toilet that was converted to um, a sleeping place or a dormitory for the students was just a, a teaser or a better still a trailer for the main documentary that will be released tomorrow. So the narration or the, the, the genesis of the story was that we are looking at uh, the state of toilet facilities in the school, uh, how adequate they are, and then when we go to Ghana school, they were inadequate. And as much as they were inadequate, they could still turn uh, the, uh, the facilities they have to dormitories. For what reason? Then they told us that for lack of space issue. At least, if it's a place that uh, you, you keep the students, if it's a storeroom, we shouldn't find just one. Because it's not just one student or two that are in that particular dormitory. And so, if he's calling it a, a staged uh, story, is, is, that, is that funny? Right. Then I went to him to find out if he's aware of the situation. He says, to, best, to the best of his knowledge, he is not aware of anything like that. Then I even asked him in the video, or uh, yes, and then the audio, when I was having an interview with him, in his office, I asked him, should I show you the evidence? Then he said yes. So what he just took over office, he's not even here in the office. So maybe I could give him the benefit of the doubt when he was responding that way. But for him to actually say that, it was, it's just funny to hear that. So that's the journalist at the center of this expose at Ghana School, which expose is being contested now by school officials and the Ghana Education Service. His name is Prince Kwame Tamaklu with, uh, with Rainbow Radio, based in, he's based in Tamale. So Bernard Avle, he was speaking to Bernard Avle on the City Breakfast Show. Then Bernard called next, um, well before him, Bernard had spoken to the headmaster who now is an interdicted, Douglas Haruna Yakubu. Um... He denied the contents of the publication. Listen. That facility they want to say we converted into dormitory has been sold for many years. It has never been a dormitory. It's always a boxes room. It's always a cleaning, a clean, a cleaning materials room. So it is a store, more or less. But then, in the 60s, when Kwame Nkrumah built the place, there were washrooms, you see, and they still have the design of washrooms. That facility has not been modernized they have some moving blocks to change it to a dormitory. They are just small, small, small cubicles. And that is where we keep our, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, four boxes when students are traveling. We have students coming from as far as Western region to our school. So if, if we, we decide to use a, a, a place for, as boxes, I don't know why people would, would want to, to take it for granted like this. Uh, what call so, it? so these uh, are like, these are uh, makeshift box rooms, not sleeping places. They are never sleeping places. 
so how come how come in the video you see where the yellow gallon is there is a mattress in front of that door what, and there's like a, a sleeping cloth on the mattress what is that yes so so you see these are uh, 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 tricks that sometimes let me use excuse my word you uh, uh, journalists can always do and that's one of the reasons why most heads most heads of institutions do not want to engage journalists you have gone to dramatize i don't know where he got the students from the possibility is that these buses that you see might have been taken from the dormitory, which is just an attachment to the system, to the place, for him to cover his pictures or his videos and leave. So I am surprised. Seeing if you come, that's why I said, I said all journalists or media houses who wanted the truth should come to the ground. You see, why you say <clears throat> the picture is as if uh, we have cleaned up a toilet, washed all the feces and uh, all nasty things, and used it as a dormitory. It is not true. Far, far, mm. far back in the 80s, this place has been like that. Look, you will not find the, uh, what is fetus. There are no yeah, yeah. Fair, when you go to the when you look at the video these are cubicles but there's no toilet installed but the oh, other the other thing i saw in the second room so i see a black bag i see a student in in clutches and then i see a, a buta which okay. which people use for ablution so yeah. it looks like a place where somebody and then i see clothes hang on the walls you see okay. so it's, it's it it appears to for those of us who are not in the school yeah. to be a place that is habited i see people's slippers on the floor in the room and i see a buta yeah. so a buta is basically you pour water go and do your ablution come back so it seems yeah. very like a very much like a place that is being habited you are right you are right and i'm saying that you see the the the, the guy the gentleman you saw in crutches is a disabled student now there's there are two cubicles attached to the building that you you, you see in that video unfortunately again this gentleman who did the filming did not film those cubicles, which are meant for perfect. Now, this gentleman in crutches is a student, third year student. He is a disabled, and he's been allocated a, 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 a accommodation that is upstairs. So we did him a favor. Because of your disability, go and live with, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, the perfect. So he's, he's privileged to be in a perfect room, yet he has been very disingenuous to the school. But it tells me that he also lives in a toilet. Can you imagine this sort of thing? Now the oh. buta and then the the uh, what the cloth that you see. When we went back, we didn't see this thing. Okay. Yet in the video you will find them. So the the intention is that the prefect might have intentionally displayed this thing to make uh, uh, what they call the 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 guy who took the videos make it look as if we it's a dormitory. Those cubicles are so tiny and so hot that students cannot live in them. That's Douglas Haruna Yakubo. He is an um, interdicted headmaster of the Ghana Senior High School, Ghanas, in the northern regional capital, Tamale. There have been reactions to this um, story uh, from the GES side. Um, Nashik has a story. Right, the Ghana Education Service GES has sent a fact-finding mission to the Ghana Senior High School in Tamale to ascertain the veracity of reports that toilet cubicles have been converted into accommodation facility for students. The service had earlier interdicted the headmaster and senior housemaster of the school following a viral video on the accommodation situation in the school. The GES delegation to the school is made up of its Deputy Director General Stephen Kwekuusu, the Acting Northern Regional 
National Director of Education and others. The team inspected the said Bangaza dormitory and the cubicles which were said to be toilet facilities converted into accommodation. The Deputy Director General Stephen Kwekousu speaking to the media said findings of the investigation will be made public after briefing the Director General. GS management's attention was drawn to media circulation or video circulating in the media regarding the management of this school. I'm talking about Ghana school, putting students in the toilet or on a toilet. And we decided that uh, the regional director should come down here to find out the truth of the report. We have received a bit of reports, therefore we decided to come from GS headquarters to find things for ourselves in a way to corroborate with whatever the report is in the media or otherwise. So that is why I'm here. I'm here detailed by the Director General of Ghana Education Service to come to the school to find out how the situation is so that management can make the final decision on this. So that is why I'm here. What I can say now is that because I was sent by Director General uh, it will be proper I get back to him and submit my report to him. So if it becomes very necessary for us to engage the media again, we will let you know what has happened. Actually, we, there is no way that we can hide whatever facts that we have from the media because it's already in the media. So we will get back to you. You have the Deputy Director General of the Ghana Education Service, Stephen Kwekuwusu. Some of the students also spoke to City News about the issue. Where they say was toilet wasn't actually toilet. Because since we came in with years back, we've never seen it to be any. There is no material there that you will, maybe you see that it will be a feature of maybe toilet or something like that. But with the actual fact, we don't have, we have extra spaces in the dormitories for to be allowing other students to go there to sleep. The only thing that is there is that those people from far places, maybe from Volta region, Accra, and then all those, when they are going back to their houses, they don't carry their chop boxes and their mattresses there. So the only keep their mattresses, their gallons and everything of theirs there. So that when they come back, they also come back and pick them back into their uh, various rooms. But some of your colleagues said they lodge in that cubicle. Actually, there's no one sleeping there. It's only when after prep, when someone wants to study. You know, after prep, the classrooms are always locked. No one is allowed to study in the classroom. So after prep, when the person maybe wants to learn throughout the night, that's where they go in there and then have their studies just for the night and then maybe sometimes some people also with the midnight prayer the muslim prayers some people also go there to have their midnight prayer since the mock sometimes is always locked after prayer noise everyone is making noise that's why so that's the main reason why we don't we know why we don't stay today but do you have toilet facilities in the and we have some toilet facilities down there it's painted blue and white is it in use Yes, yes. But I understand uh, open education is widespread on campus. No, but not. It's not really rampant. Uh, the reason don't is that, really okay. The open education is because of the village ban. They then they only go to, they only go to, because we don't have a wall. They enter and then they only go to the other side of the school. That's the ending part where we have the, our dam there. That's where they only go to. But open education by students, you know, we don't do that. We have extra. Uh, toilet facilities. Those were some students of the Ghana Senior High School in Tamale speaking to our Northern Regional Correspondent, Daina Ingwan. Now, the school falls in the Tamale South constituency. The Member of Parliament there is the Honorable Haruna Idrisu. He has issued a statement on this and he says, My attention has been drawn to a viral video purporting to be emanating from the Ghana Senior High School, Ghanasco Tamale, in the Tamale South constituency. 
The narration in the said video alleged that toilet cubicles have been converted into accommodation facilities for students of the school. The conditions in the purported video, if true, are unfortunate and dis disappointing. I therefore support the decision by the Ghana Education Service to institute an independent inquiry into the matter in order to give assurance to parents and the general public about the safety and well-being of students of the school. Whilst keenly awaiting the report from the investigation, I call on government, the GES, and the Ghana Education Trust Fund, that's a GET fund, to take a comprehensive review of the infrastructure requirements and other complementary facilities needed to support effective teaching and learning in school. I shall be visiting the school as Member of Parliament for the Tamale South constituency to ascertain things for myself. Signed, Harun Idrisu, Tamale South. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3. City FM. Let's go to some other stories. Let's stay longer on that particular story because the Northern Regional Minister Shani Al-Hassan Shaibu said his outfit was unaware of the situation at the Ghana Senior High School. If I had seen anything wrong with this behavior, I would have equally commented on it. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. The case is that this is of malice that somebody has hatched in I don't know for what reason that person would. But what, has, I mean, gladdens my heart is that the Deputy Director General is here. I've gone around with him. We have seen all that has transpired. And he and his team would do a proper uh, report to the Director General and the Minister so that the appropriate uh, steps will be taken to solve this problem. I think that uh, there's still a lot for us to do as citizens and do these uh, uh, parochial things that would always draw our nation two steps backward. You had a Northern Regional Minister, Shani Al-Hassan Shaibu. The old students of the school has, have also expressed disappointment in the report, insisting there are enough bed spaces in the school for students. Al-Haji Baba Yakubu is the president of the Old Students Association. Apart from this building, uh, Cabral Banzaba House, we have, a very, we have a building. In fact, uh, I wouldn't call it an abundance, but we have building, an occupied building, that had previously been used as accommodation. But because we have more than enough to take care of the students in respect of accommodation, we have moved the students to the new building that was put out. And that building is there unoccupied. So accommodation for students isn't a problem at all, let alone to force them to sleep in cubicles that was, you know, showcased to the whole public. Well, what Medemai says is this, the facility is there unoccupied and most of the students are coming from very far places. As we speak, only the second year students are here, even few. Many of them are still at home. So it will not be proper for us to expect the children to carry their chop boxes, mattresses and everything home whenever school is not in session. So the, it is true you saw students and that is so because it is a, a facility meant for student accommodation. So they could have been there for a different thing other than what was sold out to the general public. It is very clear that yes, the rooms were originally designed to serve for the purpose of 
uh, toilet facilities. I am an old student of this very house, Banzaba House. I entered Ghana School in 1993 and left in 1995. Within the period I found myself as a student for three clear years, the facility was never used as a toilet. And my inquiry has even moved back to even 70s, 80s, and 90s. The place has never been used for toilet facility, let alone for the, uh, the, the school to think of converting it when we even have excess capacity for uh, residential accommodation for the students. Alhaji Baba Yakubu is the president of the Old Student Association of the Ghana Senior High School, Tamale. Moving on, the Revenue Mobilization Task Force from the Accra West region of the Electricity Company of Ghana, ECG, has disconnected the Accra Technical University and the Accra Digital Center for non-payment of debt amounting to 1.37 million Ghana cities and 700,000 debt respectively. The tax force as part of efforts to recover monies owed them visited five residential and non-residential facilities including telecommunication company Airtel. Airtel paid one million Ghana city debt to avoid disconnection. The Accra Technical University and Accra Digital Center were however disconnected after unsuccessful engagements. The Accra West Regional Spokesperson for the ECG Fred Bimbil Johnson tells City News some 2.5 billion Ghana cities has been generated so far. It's been very good so far as uh, was um, mandated by the managing director. All staff of the company have been out since the 20th of March. We've been out there trying to take all the monies that are owed us by various debtors and also to check out for cases of illegal connection. And the numbers have been pretty impressive. Even though we've been surprised by the high number of people we have been able to arrest just in about uh, one month and how much power they were using, which they wouldn't have paid for. That has been a surprise to us. Uh, but beyond that, we have been able to collect quite some monies from uh, persons who owed us, who were not paying. Mm. When you say you've been able to collect some amount of money, how much are we looking at? And mentioning again that uh, people would be surprised to the fact that people are consuming power without paying. Uh, kindly explain further. I think for illegal connection, over the past uh, one month, uh, the figures I've seen, we have about 140, we've made about 140 arrests, and out of it, the figure hovers around um, 1 million Ghana cities. And these are those money that wouldn't have been paid to us, money that people were stealing from us, and uh, which through this exercise we've been able to um, find out and we have surcharged the persons who were involved. When it comes to the amount we've been able to collect, because the exercise in totality is not over, we have not been able to put total figures on them. But for the Accra West region, if I pick just one district, which is the Kanishi district, I know that about uh, 25 million has been collected from uh, special low tariff customers, that's SLT customers, and that's quite substantial. So we are hoping to be able to give out more uh, detailed figures once they um, the exercise is over in the Accra West region, though globally we are aware that some 2.5 billion cities has been collected so far. What key challenges have you encountered on the field so far? Well, I mean, it's been frustrating dealing with customers who are not paying. But even more um, difficult on our side has been to realize the number of people who are engaged in illegalities. And here, we want to call on all customers out there. It is a civic responsibility. If you're involved in illegal connection, we ask you to quit and reverse it and make sure that you pay for the power you use. If you know anybody who is involved in illegal connection, the advice is that as much as possible, please report this person to our officers. And we have an incentive for anyone who reports anyone engaged in illegality. 
And now we're also putting in measures beyond this exercise. We are putting in measures to ensure that we're able to calm down on the speed of uh, illegalities that we have in the system. Fred Bimbil Johnson is the Aqua West Regional Spokesperson for the Electricity Company of Ghana. To some other news, the Information Minister Kojo Ponkuma has confirmed that President Ekufuado has assented into law the three new tax bills passed by Parliament last month. Parliament passed the Excise Duty Amendment Bill 2022, the Growth and Sustainability Levy Bill 2022, the Ghana Revenue Authority Bill 2022 and the Income Tax Amendment Bill 2022 by majority decision. Government hopes to raise about 4 billion Ghana cities annually as Part of the domestic revenue mobilization. Speaking to City News, the Information Minister said the government is looking forward to a speedy implementation progress process. Rather, yes, it's true that uh, we've delayed at least about some uh, four months before having these revenue bills passed, and that will ultimately affect how much money can be raised from these revenue measures at the end of the year. But it's better late than never. We expect the GRA to get into implementation mode um, ASAP so that uh, at least some decent um, uh, revenues can flow from it to help implement first the budget and two or secondly the uh, broader uh, economic recovery program that we are on. You have the Information Minister Kuju Oponkuma speaking there. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF and we are coming to you from our studios in number 11, Dr. Morten Loop in Adabraka in Accra. My name is Umaru Sandabot here with Nashi Kasiza who will be returning shortly with the latest in the world of business. And then there will be no point blank tonight uh, because there's Monday Night Football, the EPL, 97.3 CTF and we have the right to bring you commentary. And there's a game between Leeds United and Liverpool and the City Sports team would be here to bring you the pre-match analysis and the commentary and the post-match analysis. Please stay with 97.3 CTFM. Eyewitness News is effectively over. Good night. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nashika Caesar. The details. Now, managers of the economy are being urged to put in place measures to ensure government adheres strictly to fiscal policies and avoid overspending as it prepares for elections next year. This, according to a finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School, Professor Gottfried Bobkin, is critical as government awaits the arrival of the three billion economic bailout from the IMF next month. The country is reeling under severe economic conditions, with the public debt at 575.7 billion cities as at the end of November 2022 about 93% of GDP. In an interview with City Business News, Professor Godfrey Bobkin said, refusal to adhere to strong fiscal consolidation will be eroded if government outstretches its budget during elections. price we have to pay for fiscal today, that if we're able to do this painful adjustment in the first year, then we expect that growth will rebound, probably inclusively, I doubt, in 2024 and beyond. That is what we are looking at, is government-owned approach towards 2024 election 
which will also determine whether the 16% inflation forecast by Fitch and the others is, is achievable and sustainable through 2024. Because it's going to be an election year. And whether 2024, government can keep the fiscal discipline and the tenants and the requirement of the IMF program, both in terms of the structural target and the benchmark target and the indicative target that will be in the program. You had Professor Godfred Bobkin, who is an economist. Moving on, the Ghana Statistical Service says the government can rake in about $4.5 million if it leverages on the full potentials of the tourism industry. The service explains that economic viability of the sector can help reduce the high incidence of unemployment among the youth. Speaking during the launch of the 2023 Domestic and Outbound Survey in Winneba, government statistician Professor Samuel Kobinainim said the survey will offer a comprehensive outlook for the tourism sector. So the essence of these surveys is to move from the anecdotal space into real hard facts. Now, when we get those type of informations, we can now, information, we can now make a strong policy point. It is projected that by 2027, we're going to have about 4.3 million people who will come into the country as tourists arrive. The other number in there is the fact that if we handle the sector very well, we're going to get about 1.5 billion USD from the tourism sector by 2027. And the third number in there is the employment that we're going to generate in the sector is not through very well. 4.3 million coming in as tourists arrive. How resourceful will that be for the country? The other number is 1.5 billion USD. Currently, as a country, we are engaging the International Monetary Fund get a facility of 3 billion US. This is a sector that if we focus on as a country, we're going to get half of the facility for which we are going to the International Monetary Fund. It tells you how important that sector is. All that General Satisfied Service is doing is ensure that we have good tourism data. 2027, the Ministry is projecting that the sector generate 1.4 million jobs, direct, indirect, so that solve our unemployment problem in the country. So from an employment point of view, the way to go is tourism. From an exchange rate point of view, the way to go is tourism. And that is why we want to check whether indeed these numbers can be attained. Professor Samuel Kobinainim is the government statistician. Meanwhile, a professor of tourism at the University of Cape Coast, Professor Kwekubwachi, says the 2023 Domestic Outbound Survey will offer stakeholders an opportunity to present to the government a clearer policy brief to address some of the challenges that confront the tourism industry, including exorbitant hotel charges. So the essence of these surveys is to move from the anecdotal space into real hard facts. Now, when we get those type of informations, we can now, information, we can now make a strong policy point to government and find ways, innovative ways of you know, addressing the hotel costs. And may I add that there's a reason why the costs are up, because the operating environment is challenged. So it's, it's, it's multifaceted. You know, but then again, once we get these as facts, we can then now interrogate the, the entire ecosystem and find out ways in which this can be ratified. That was a professor of tourism at the University of Cape Coast, Professor Kweku Bwachi. 
Finally, as part of efforts towards enhancing policy implementation in the agricultural sector, the government is making efforts to gather data on all farmers in the country. So far, the policy has been piloted in the five northern regions of the country. Speaking at the AFAB Regional Public-Private Dialogue event, a Deputy Minister of Agriculture, Yao Boatenado, stated that collecting national data on farmers in the country will help channel resources adequately to the sector. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News, which was powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nashika Siza. Good evening. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City973. The city is alive on 97.3.